All right. What is the church and what is its purpose? That is the discussion in this episode of an all-new podcast entitled C28. All right, so today we're talking about what is the church. And I think that I realized going into this, this is a really, really big topic. Like it is. We, we talked about, you know, like who is God, and I was intimidated by that. But this one, I also quickly realized, like, this might turn into like a one, two, three part series. I hope not. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I mean, there's definitely more to it. Like, we right. already decided in a brief conversation, we're saving topics like, like membership and all the ways the church engages community and things like that for other episodes entitled different things. Right, right. So it's hard for me not to stray, I guess. Yeah. Like I, I mean, go down these rabbit holes that kind of have to do with what we're talking yeah. about. And I decided like we need to talk about things that um, people have questions about, right? And so when I, real, I realized like when I talked to Piper, uh, my daughter, who's almost three, I was like, <laughs> hey, do you know what tomorrow is? She's like, what? I was like, we're going to church tomorrow. Like tomorrow's church. She's like, it's donut day. <laughs> I was like, nice. no, no, no. A third of our church Ch- says the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's thanks to Phil. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm like, we need to, uh, I can't have people walking around thinking that church is about donuts, right? Yeah. So what is the church about? And to catch anybody up that's listening, we, we have donuts at church. Yeah. And so at, our, at the church we attend here in California. So they, uh, some of our kids call church various things around the snacks that are provided right like on the way to um our worship gathering um my daughter will be like where are we going i'm like we're gonna go to church right now and she's like we're gonna see phil does phil have donuts <laughs> so yeah i think there's like this issue of how we talk about church and what we think of when we think of church mm. and i think it was just you know kind of highlighted when talking to my daughter and what she associates with church um, when we're on our way there, when we're talking about it or something. So yeah. even at like three, right? She might, I don't even know, like obviously she's three, but is she talking about church appropriately? Does she really understand what we're doing there? Her mind's on donuts, right? Mm-hmm. And some people's mm-hmm. minds are on other things. And so maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Well, I kind of want a donut now. I don't know if we can stop <laughs> stop for that or not. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, so what I was kind of thinking is as we approach the subject of church to keep it keep it simple right because there are all these other, so you're right in the end there's going to be part one part two part three we're just not going to call it that right we're going to say this one we're going to talk about membership this one we're going to talk about ministries of the church or um or valid ministries of the church or something like that or social justice right oh that's gonna be a good one yeah so um my th- my mind immediately went to okay so like fundamental what is the church and i went to the universal church and the local church okay yeah so um, I think the Bible communicates, scripture communicates that there is a universal church, right? So sometimes like, so if you look in the apostles creed, it says Catholic church. It doesn't mean the Roman Catholic church. That means Catholic as in the, if you look up in Miriam Webster, it's going to say, you know, like, um, basically this idea of universal church, like, right. like all around the world. So that is, um, part of what the, what, when scripture talks about the church, that's what it's talking about. So in Ephesians 3.10, it says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So that is not obviously like a city church or a local church. That is like the church as a whole. Um, so, and that's an example of when we see something like the church, universal church, everybody, all of the, 
redeemed followers of Jesus from around the world, the universal church. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, we get to Hebrews ten twenty five, right? We're all pretty familiar with that. We're just like, don't yep. you got that verse over I there do, too? Yeah, okay, yep. this is proof we don't we yeah. don't collaborate. We try to keep this. I've super got it locked and loaded. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, not neglecting to meet together, as in some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, um, all the more. Um, so as you see the day um, approaching, uh, so we're supposed to meet together. What does that create? That creates what we call the local church. And in First Corinthians one two. Um, it's just one of the bunch of examples where you see um, to the church of God that is in Corinth, right? So this mm-hmm. isn't, um, this letter was written to a local church, and we see examples of that in a bunch of the epistles. But um, so we see local uh, local church, these these uh, geographically located churches where redeemed followers of Jesus from that area do not neglect meeting together and they come together. Um, but really, we, we do all know that we are um, part of, the universal church, all the redeemed followers of Jesus from around the world, we are all one in that. Um, but we don't all gather in one point of the world um, regularly. And so we have these like local churches that then engage um, the community in the world for the kingdom, which is another episode. And we don't have an especially holy place for the church. That is true. I wanted to point that out too. So like we don't have a Vatican. Right? Help or me understand like why we don't have like a temple or a tabernacle anymore. Oh, help you understand that. Okay, yeah. Um, so, like, we don't have, like, a place um, that is necessary for us to go to worship. Um, <clears throat> our God is not housed, uh, you know, in something like the temple anymore. He's, we believe that Jesus Christ is alive and reigning in heaven. Um, that's where he's at. And uh, when he was crucified on the cross, the curtain was torn, signifying that that's not how things worked, right? Like, the Levitical law is gone, the Mosaic law um, mostly is gone. Um, and so things have changed right after Christ came. And so now he has this universal Catholic church where people can worship him regardless of where they are. So Mm -hmm. we can be, we can be at a park, we can be at a horse arena, we can be in our building. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not necessary to have a temple, right? There's no, there's nothing holy necessarily about, our sanctuary, right, or auditorium, however. Right, so we don't go to it. the building to encounter God exactly anymore. Where, where really in the Old Testament, uh, temple and tabernacle, you did you went to that place because that is where God interacted with His people, or were able to be in their presence. And sacri- the sacrificial system went through high priests of the day um, for sacrifices. And now Jesus is our mediator, mm-hmm. and God the Spirit dwells within us. Right. And so, what does that make the church? That makes uh, that is part of how we are the church. So, right. one of a big point, even. I mean, I don't know when this episode will ever be listened to. You know, maybe 10 years down the road, somebody will stumble upon it. Oh uh, this is 2021. 2020, we had a pandemic, um, the coronavirus, and um, churches, um, basically, we couldn't meet inside. Yeah. And a lot of people thought they were abandoning God because they couldn't meet inside their building. And uh, corner being the theological studs we are, um, we realized that wherever the people gathered, that is the church because it's not the building. Because like CJ just said, we know that. Uh, you don't have to go to that place to encounter God, that we can have these personal relationships with the Lord and that the people are the church. And so we're people right. gather and, and meet. That's where church is happening. Yeah. And we have that really awesome picture in the Old Testament with the tabernacle, like you brought up, that God still dwelt with his people, right? But it was in the tabernacle. Like he had a chamber unto himself. Mm-hmm. And now we are indwelt. Like God is still tabernacling with his people. Yeah. But each individually, right, through his spirit, 
Um, and so we don't have to go to find God. God's always been the one pursuing us. And so now he is still with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot, there's a lot there that, um, all right, well, welcome back. I apologize for that. Uh, per the usual, somebody walked in on our <laughs> podcast. So, uh, luckily, uh, we were able to just pause <laughs> the podcast, move on, but I got something for it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. He's been dying for a reason to use that. There it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. All you right. know, it's not that bad. What I appreciate is that this building gets used a ton. That's a good point. Right? That's pretty cool. Um, you just want me to stop pushing my just, buttons, yeah, don't please, you? Please stop <laughs> okay. doing that. All right. All right. <laughs> we got a lot of ministry going on here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, back, back to okay. what is the church and what right. is the purpose of it, right? right? So, okay. So when I was starting to think about this, um, this episode that we were going to do, um, I decided to like go to a confession, which I do on a regular basis when I'm trying to just kind of get my bearings, mm. right? When it comes to something, kind of figure out like what is um, what has been considered a standard thought on this, even if I end up diverging from it, right? To sure. some degree or at some point. Sure. Um, and so the the Baptist Confession of Faith of 1689, Okay. the way it defines church, and I'm just going to read it, okay. okay? This is chapter 26 on the church. It says the Catholic or universal church, which we've talked about mm. already, right? We've hit that already. Which, with respect to the internal work of the Spirit and truth of grace, may be called visible, consists of the whole number of the elect that have been, are, or shall be gathered, gathered into one, under Christ, the head thereof, and is the spouse, the body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. That's a really good definition. Sure. I, like, there's a lot there, right? Yeah. So we talked about the Catholic or universal church. Mm-hmm. Not Roman Catholic, right? Right. We're not Catholic. Nope. Um, and then it talks about being called visible. And so I thought maybe we could talk about that for a second. Like, like what the is visible it? and in, invisible? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what would you say is the visible versus invisible church? Okay. Yeah. So, and this is, these are kind of theological terms that typically we don't use day to day, but sure. the idea, um, it reveals a truth about the church. And that is that the visible church is the visible people gathered claiming to be redeemed followers of Jesus. The reality is that I can't see CJ's heart, right? I can see his fruit, but I cannot see his heart. And, and sometimes we believe that man is really good at being hypocrites. And so what do we do when there's that person where we're like, I don't know if that person is redeemed or not. Are they just a part of church culture or have they been transformed by the renewing of the Holy spirit? Right. Um, how do we know which one? Well, one is, okay, it's the visible church or the ones that gathered. The reality is that in God's sovereignty, he can see what we can't see, which is the invisible church, the true redeemed followers of Jesus. And that's the difference between the visible and invisible church. Right, right. So just showing up to church, I mean, according to even just this Baptist confession, does not make you a part of the church, Mm -hmm. right, in reality. Right? Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, like, yeah. maybe I'm wrong here. <laughs> no, I, I no. just was trying to think about something else, but you just couldn't let me have that moment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Which button you wanted to press next? <laughs> what sound effect you want to use? Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. This is terrible. Okay, okay. Go ahead. So, invisible versus visible, just showing up, just um, giving money, just volunteering mm-hmm. doesn't actually make you a part of the actual church, right? The invisible church. Right. Right, who God sees as part of his yeah. gathered people. So you're saying, CJ, that people can participate in a church service and be a part of cult, church culture, but also not be saved. Right. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the way that they defined it, it's a good reminder. Confession is that they say it consists of the whole number of the elect. Yep. Right. And so obviously that brings in some like Calvinistic, you know, soteriology, like how someone is saved. Mm-hmm. Um, but they consider like basically what they're trying to say is like it's the people that are actually saved. Yeah. Right. Yep. You can boil it down to that. Yeah. It's the people that are actually saved. And then it goes on to say that are gathered, that shall be gathered. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, something else that I think is relevant to today would an entirely online digital mm. church be considered by scripture or the confession mm. a church? Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and so. I, th- I think that it's clear by what we've already said. The answer is no. And um, so people who think like, oh, I go to church in my living room um, mm-hmm. because they listen to a televangelist or a podcast the, or, or, or this podcast. They, yeah. do, they listen to the Sundays and think this is church. Shame on you. Uh, no, do not be taken captive by deceptive philosophies and empty deceit that you are doing church when you sit by yourself or you go up and you homeschool with your kids up in the mountains and never do anything or, or gather together with other, other like-minded from the culture. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not taking a jab at homeschool. My, every single one of my kids are homeschooled. Uh, <laughs> what I'm taking a jab at are the people who do not gather because they say I'm a Christian. I need Jesus. I don't need other Christians when you're right. Ultimate authority is Christ. And the Lord says that we need to not forget to gather regularly. And so that is what we do. So yeah, church, part of church, since it's not the building, it's the people and the church happens when we gather. Right. right? Yeah. And so you, we believe you'd have to be in communion with other believers for church to happen. Right. And I've heard the argument, you know, well, I gather digitally, you know, I open up a zoom call and we're gathered digitally. And I think that there is, there is just some limitations to that. Sure. Right? Like, 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 how could you fulfill all of the one another commandments by doing that? Like, how could you be generous to one another? You know, how could you hold each other truly accountable just meeting over a Zoom call? You know, like, how could you do all of those things? And so I, I think, and, it, and I might be getting into some opinion here, mm-hmm. right? But I think that if that is all you're doing for church, uh, one, you are um, cheating yourself, Sure. Right? From the from the blessings and the grace that sure. come through Absolutely. Um, other believers and being in community with them. And also, you are being a detriment to the actual church. Because if you're really a Christian refusing to meet with other believers and get involved with their lives and fulfill those one another commandments and work together to bring about the mission of the church, like you're you're a hindrance to Christ's church. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, I mean, I feel pretty strongly about it. But. Yeah. So... What about this? Let's let's ask this question. What about for a time, a, um, a designated amount of time, say for a 2020 pandemic COVID, um, would there be a time where it's okay? Um, is there still enough grace for, say, somebody 75 years old for a couple months to then engage primarily um, through technology? Um, to Yeah. Yeah. And so engage. someone who's who's actually in danger, someone who falls into that category Mm -hmm. of of very high at risk, right? Um, I think that it falls on the other members of the gathered church to take care of that person. Absolutely. Right? They're the ones that are down and out. Mm -hmm. And so that's when they need their brothers and sisters in person. How can you bring someone a meal over digital church? Yeah, sure. Right? You can't. How can you come and clean someone's house? How can you come and clean their gutters? Mm -hmm. How can you come and mow the lawn? 
Yeah. Like you can't do those things. You cannot be the church entirely online, right? right? I think that we utilize digital tools just like we're doing right now. I've heard a wise man say, there's a lot of times where like, well, uh, what about the person who lives out in the middle of nowhere um, because they've been placed there for this and that reason and they can't uh, leave for this and that reason. And the only way that they can, you know, is there an exception? <laughs> and, you know, to all of those types of questions, what in whatever topic they fall on, he said, um, yes, but it's not you. <laughs> so, so, yeah, there are exceptions, right? Yeah. There are situations where, you know, there's probably people that can only gather via Zoom and good for them, but it's probably not you. Right. <laughs> like, do you have a church near you to engage? You should be engaging that church. Like, well, um, I don't need the church. Well, that's interesting. I disagree with you. You don't know what you don't know, but but maybe the church needs you. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, and, and, and what I call them um, as of recent is the one anothering passages. Right. Yeah. All the passages that talk about the way we engage one another, uh, love one another, forgive one another, pray for one another, edify one another. These are all these uh, one anothering passages that requires us to be engaged in communing with each other, uh, you know, like arm in arm doing the missional work of Christ. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if we go back to Hebrews 10, 25, and we move just one verse back mm-hmm. to 24, Uh, The author says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, right? And then Mm -hmm. he says in 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So he ties the the gathering with the one another's directly right there, right? That's good. That's good, bro. Oh my gosh. (laughs) People are gonna stop listening. It's too cheesy. It's one episode, man. Oh my god! I just I I put out the little. I know what the buttons mean now. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Yeah. All right. Well, so what is the mission of the church? This is a big, big question. It comes from different points of view. One is that there's people that always want to know, hey, what is your church's mission? What is your church's mission? And uh, (laughs) have you been asked this a couple of times, Brian? (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, you know, like the the church's mission as a whole is the same. It doesn't matter what what church you go to, you shouldn't have to tamper with the mission of the church. It's Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of age. That is the mission of the church. And that will always be the mission of the church. Right. How you carry that out in your specific community can change. So there's more of an argument for somebody to ask for what is your vision versus what your mission. And when somebody asks you what your vision is, always start with your mission anyways and explain to them what you're trying to do. And then say, this is how our church takes on our community because we've perfectly considered all these ministries and this is what we're doing. And uh, so it's possible that if you're at a church, and they put together a committee to decide or come up with a mission statement mm-hmm. for the church, mm-hmm. and it doesn't land on Matthew 28, mm-hmm. you might want to look at a different church. Sure. And and if they want to use the parallel verses in the other gospels for it, I mean, I'm well, fine with that. You know what I'm saying, too. right? That, yeah. that, that commission. Yeah. If, right? if they're, so I'll give you an example. Um, if their mission is to um, encourage the people of their community to be the best that they can be, Okay. Ugh. Yeah. Do I mean that makes your skin <laughs> crawl? Like. Yeah. Um. 
I just would want to punch myself in the face and go to sleep and just try again tomorrow. Like yeah. that's the best horrible. They can be is a filthy rotten sinner. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I, and I totally get why a secular world would be like, yes, I want to be encouraged. This life is difficult. Yeah. Well, I'm like, if you try to go about it with the mission I just said, you're never going to be successful because what people need is they need a savior and they, and they need to know who Jesus is. Right. And, uh, and that is the only way I really believe the only way you can, you can have joy in your life is knowing who Jesus is. You can have happiness. People say money can't buy you happiness. I've said this in sermons. I'll say this now. I disagree with that. Money can buy me a bass boat and I'm going to be happy, you know, <laughs> like for, for a long time even. Yeah. But it's not yeah. going to bring me joy. Joy is right. something far different than that. Yeah. And money cannot buy me joy. What, it, what uh, joy comes from, I think, is knowing Christ and the love of who God is and the reality of man being a sinner and the redemption plan of the Lord. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel no, good that, about that. No, that was good. That was good. And I think one thing that I wanted to touch on was that um, this mission, right, that we're given in the Great Commission mm-hmm. um, is not something that we can accomplish apart from God. Absolutely. Right? And so we can, we, we can program ourselves to death trying to accomplish a mission that only mm-hmm. God can accomplish through us. Mm-hmm. Right? We're the means by which he wants to accomplish it. Um, but, but we aren't in our own strength going to be able to do this. And Calvin, he he really, um, who is that? Is that is that the is that the comic strip? We go way back. (laughs) (laughs) Calvin in his Institutes talks about the power of the church um, is the Holy Spirit through the Word of God, Mm -hmm. right? And I think it's him that says that the Word of God um, preached is the chariot that the Holy Spirit rides into the hearts of rides into the hearts of sinners. Mm. Right. So we have no power to accomplish that mission apart from the Holy Spirit and the word preached, right? So yeah. we have the Holy Spirit bringing the effect of the word. Yeah. Now I'm going to butcher this, but whenever, if somebody <laughs> asks you, hey, are you going to be successful in the ministry you're trying to do? Um, wise man once said, this was a missionary and I'm going to butcher it really bad. He said, if God is not already going where I'm going to do what I am to do, then I cannot be successful. So the idea yeah. is that God is going to do the work. He, he had, I'm not going to slough off any personal responsibility I have to the kingdom based on God choosing that as a plan for expediting his plan. So I get to be a part of that. So I'm not saying I don't have any responsibility, but I need to always recognize it is the power of God who changes people. And I just get to be there and be a part of expediting that plan and pointing people to Jesus, not anything in myself. Um, there, they would be, uh, it'd be a, a very sad situation if I tried to give people joy by introducing them to myself. Yeah. You know, they need to know who Jesus is and the love of God of the creator uh, for his people to redeem them to himself by his own work. Yeah, absolutely. So we have to, we, the church in order to be powerful um, and accomplish the mission cannot depart from the spirit. Right. Mm. And we also cannot depart from the word. There it is. I just want to say that really clearly. Boom. Those two things have to go hand in hand. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So a um, couple, Three words I wanted to bring up uh, for the purpose of the church. Um, There's different ways people described, um, like, so the mission of the church we know. And so how does that work itself out? And so people have used different ways to describe this. Um, I've used worship, grow, and serve. Um, That's what you're going to see the church doing in order to accomplish the mission. And worship, um, obviously, we are worshiping the one true God who deserves 100% of our worship. And then we want people to be saved for them to join us in glorifying God and worshiping God. And John 4, 23 says that God is seeking worshipers, right? And so um, we are worshiping God. We don't worship 
each other. We don't worship other things, but what, what part of what the church does in accomplishing the mission of the church is worshiping God. That's good. John Piper said that, uh, that the mission exists or missions exist because worship doesn't like, that's exactly, I'm just agreeing with what you're saying. I don't understand. You're going to have to, my brain's too slow for that. So missions, right. Yeah. Which are going back to the great commission. Okay. Um, exist because worship doesn't in some places. Oh, I thought you were saying the reason why missions happen is because nobody worships God. No, no, no. Like there's places where people aren't worshiping God. And so we have to send, we have to go out on our mission, right? We have been commissioned Mm -hmm. to go out and create worshipers. Exactly what you're saying. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's good stuff. The other word, um, is grow. So we are going to individually grow, right? As we meditate upon scripture, uh, as the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. Um, so we are personally going to grow. And also, and we are going to grow in the sense of numbers, okay? Um, that we are going to see more and more people coming to place their faith in God, glorifying God, and worshiping God. Um, in Galatians 1.1, um, it says, all of the ones who are spirit-filled, okay? So I would argue those are the ones who are part of the invisible church, uh, those are the ones that are supposed to be engaging, doing the one anothering that we were talking about. So we're going to grow, um, by edifying each other, um, by power of the Holy spirit, be sanctified. And we're going to be changing. And then also people are going to be added to the kingdom. And in Matthew four nineteen, he says, and this is right at the beginning of Matthew, right at the beginning of the gospels, he's pulling his disciples and in, in these, he goes to these fishermen. He's like, Hey, come and follow me. And I'm going to send you out to fish for people fish for people to point them to who Jesus is, introduce them to Jesus and have them be worshiping, glorifying God, die to themselves and live for Christ. And so we got worship and we got grow and then we're going to serve. We're serving God, Romans 12, right? I mean, that's a, the whole chapter, but verse one, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable God, which is your uh, spiritual worship. Verse 11 then says, do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. So we're going to serve the Lord. And then, back to that one anothering, we're also going to uh, be serving each other in love. And 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 12, I, I won't read the read the passage, but um, Paul says, I have became a slave, not pandering to, but a slave to all people to bring many to Christ or bring some to Christ. So what that is saying is that he is serving. He is out there um, being a slave to people. And he goes on to say, like, you know, to, to the Jews as a Jew and to this person as this person, the idea is is that um, he will do what he has to do to draw people to the one true God. And he does not compromise. He does not pander. He does not sin. You know, um, that those are not ways. It's not that the ends justify the means, but in, in the way that we've been called into missions, he's stepping into that, willing to sacrifice many things about himself, his comfort, um, his, uh, his <laughs> um, the way he would like to live, right? And things like that he's sacrificing, even things that he's not doesn't really want to do or things he doesn't really agree with. He will engage in conversation over those things in order to point people to Christ. And so um, Paul and it's obvious by his ministry, is all about drawing people to Christ, being obedient to the Lord and drawing people uh, to Christ. And then Galatians 5.13 talks again about, but through love, serving one another. So um, 
worship, grow, serve, serve is uh, serving God with everything that we are and uh, serving others. And the serving others is not that we are worshiping them, but that our goal is to do what we need to do in order to um, introduce them to who the Savior is. Awesome. Christ yeah. crucified. Yeah. So you would say that there's um, something that should distinguish the Great Commission from the two commandments that Christ gives. So I think, if I understand your question correctly, I would say that the two greatest commandments um, are the two greatest ways that the Great Commission is fulfilled. Okay. That you can't fulfill the Great Commission or the mission of the church without the greatest two commandments. Gotcha. So distinct yet inseparable. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, something else I was thinking about as far as like what the church is, um, something that's been kind of, uh, I don't know, dear to my heart or something is the idea that the church is the bride of Christ. Mm. Right. Yeah. I mean, revelation talks about it. Um, Paul talks about it in Ephesians five twenty five through 27, like human marriage is supposed to be this living picture mm-hmm. of how Christ interacts with his bride mm-hmm. the church. Right. So, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, Mm -hmm. that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she she might be holy and without blemish. And then 2 Corinthians 11.2, Paul says, and he's writing to the Corinthian church, right? He's, He's saying to them, for I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ, right? And so he, he, multiple times he's making this, this picture for us, this illustration of that the church is the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so when, when I think about the church like that, it makes it a lot harder. Um, oh, I shouldn't say harder. It makes it much more serious to critique the church. That's exactly what I was thinking, man. Yeah. Right. So like if the church is the bride of Christ, so if someone comes to me, yeah. Right. And, and they're wanting to critique Bethany, mm-hmm. like they better have something to stand on. Yeah. Hey, Bethany's listening. So right? I mean, like, go, go for like, it. She's going to love this. Like I will not accept slander <laughs> yeah. of my wife. Right. And I think that Christ thinks about his church in a similar way. Mm-hmm. Right. He's, he's been, he purchased her with his blood, right, his life. And then He's continuing to sanctify her so that in the end, she'll be presented to him in this perfection. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, so I get that the church has problems, mm-hmm. right? And I think that we need to be honest about those problems and not sweep them under the rug. But we need to be really careful not to slander the church. Yeah. So we need to make sure that any issue that we bring up is truthful, mm-hmm. right? And approached probably in a reasonable and appropriate way. Yeah. So it's like there's a difference right between now. airing airing dirty laundry, right? Right. And yeah. then and then also um, having a hope of reconciliation or correction or reproof. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's almost like in at the moment for these like bloggers to you know the top ten problems with the church in America mm. or something like that. Like, be careful. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The church in America is still his church. Yeah. Right. With her problems and all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, be careful. That's all. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. No, I like it. So here we go. We're going to wrap up. We're at 31 minutes. Okay. So um, what is the church? Universal church. 
every single elect, redeemed follower of Jesus is part of the church all around the world. We are supposed to meet together, one another, mm-hmm. right? It is the gathered. Yep, gathered, all the one anothering requires us to meet together in these smaller groups, various, many churches within one city, even, called the local church. And then the mission of the church is very clear. He sent the Jesus, right before his ascension, sent the church on mission, and it's to go and make disciples of all the nations after they've confessed faith, baptizing them in the name of the Trinity, and then teaching them to obey all of his commands. And then they go on and do the same thing, and they go on and do the same thing. Um, the way that we have phrased it uh, locally in in our context is that um, as far as how the Great Commission works its way out, how the mission of the church works its way out through our local church here is worship, grow, serve. And yeah, that's how we do it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I like it. So let's summarize with a couple of things what the church is not. Okay. Is the church 116 South Church Street, the gray building? No. No. It is the gathered elect. There it is. Bingo, baby. And then the and mission of the church, right? Every church around the world, what the are we doing? The mission of the church is not environmentalism. Oh, yeah. Right. Is not self-help. Yep. Um, is not uh, hunger ministries mm-hmm. or clean wells. Mm-hmm. The church is to make disciples and be the means by which uh, the truth of the word reaches people and their hearts are changed through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And is there maybe responsibility in the things that you listed? Yeah, those are good things. Absolutely. Like we should be doing them, Yeah, but they're not our ultimate not mission. The mission. Nope. If you see a mission statement on a church saying one of those like, things. I want to get someone food and water so they stay alive long enough that I can preach the gospel Absolutely. to them and they can be saved. Bro, we should go be missionaries someday. <laughs> I'm just are kidding. Are we doing it right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, in all seriousness, missions work. I mean, those those are the no. in-the-trenches workers, man. Yeah, I don't know but, if I'm cut out for that. I don't know. Yeah. My wife and I have talked a lot about this. We are literally scared that God may call us someday into missions work. And it's like, and I've literally asked God not to. And I, I'll, <laughs> I'll submit to whatever he calls me into. But like literally, I've just like, spare me. That is, that, that is the trench work there yeah. of the gospel mission there. So... Awesome. Okay. Our hope is that this kind of helped some basic fundamental idea and reminders about um, what the church is, the doctrine of the church, theology of uh, who God is and his relationship to the church and and all of those things. So hopefully uh, we were encouraged by this and uh, we learned a little something and we're smarter for it. There we go. All right.